Welcome. This is Victoria Schneps, and I'm the president of Schneps Media, including the Long Island Press, including AM New York Metro, including the Brooklyn paper, including Dan's papers. And today I am thrilled to have Kim Klein, who is the prestigious, successful, respected president of the hundred year old Long Island University. Welcome. Thank Welcome, you. Dr. Klein, Dr. Kim Klein. We don't want to forget to you, put many years into getting many degrees, including a doctorate in education administration, right? That's right. Thank you, Vicki. <laughs> yes, of course. And you know, you have taken LIU to a new level with creating um, one of, I think, is it only four in New York veterinary schools? Uh, four in the Northeast. In the Northeast. That's right. And then, of course, I'm so excited to have been at the opening of the Roosevelt School, the Society of Presidential Descendants. That has been a gem and a little jewel in uh, the campus in Long Island. And then the uh, Center of Excellence for Life Sciences and your HOPE scholarships, making it education available to people who may not be able to. And then my home borough, Brooklyn, where you partnered with Barclay Center and the Nets and Live Nation and restoring and bringing back to the glory days, the Brooklyn Paramount. So for some people here may be too young to remember Frank Sinatra, but there are videos of Frank Sinatra playing at the Paramount, which was the hottest venue probably in the 60s, right? Well, definitely. I mean, it was built in 1928, and um, but all the way through the 60s, it, everyone who was anyone performed at the Paramount Theater. And I was there recently because they're redoing it. Um, Live Nation's putting about $55 million into it. It's going to be opening March 2024. All the installations, you know, they're working on everything. And I walked in and there's 95 feet of scaffolding, scaffolding going all the way to the ceiling where you see there's restoring this beautiful theater. It's, it's going to be a jewel of Brooklyn. Well, I think, you know, Brooklyn will be very proud. And of course, you know, it ripples down to our great city of New York. And then, you know, you've been found a way to be able to bring a great education to people in Brooklyn as well as Long Island. But it all had to start somewhere, Kim. Where did you grow up in? What was the, um, would you say, the inspiration for when you were um, in your childhood? What, what inspired you to be who you are today? Well, I think there are always, you know, many influences and experiences you have, but I, I think maybe three I could talk about briefly. I mean, one is I love to read when I was young and I would go to my the library with my mom every every week and come home with four or five books and I would read all those before I went back. And and just I was from a small town in um, Morganton, North Carolina. So you would read these biographies about all these people that did fabulous things. And I was inspired for people by people like Amelia Earhart. So you really saw that if you could dream, you could do almost anything you want if you just cared enough about it. And that's what those books taught me. And then when I went to, you know, when I was in school, the first three years, we just, we, the grades we got were good, very good, excellent. And then all of a sudden in the fourth grade, um, we, we, we had grades. And so I had all A's and one B. And so my teacher said, I think you could make all A's if you really tried. So I started then and I was really diligent about it. And so for the rest of the time I was in school, I made all A's. I was valedictorian in my high school class. And 
And I think that really just showed me that you, if you have discipline and you have a goal that you can actually do that. And, and then the last would be really crediting my parents and my upbringing. I mean, in, in our town and our family and our friends, it was all about whatever you do, just make sure you try to be a good person. And so that's always in the back of my mind, whatever I do, that if we're doing it for the students here, that we have to make sure that we're doing everything for the right reasons. Well, you've really been a you know personification of doing it right. And the school has flourished under your leadership. I know you have uh, many things you're proud of, but would you share with me some of the most, you know, recent accomplishments that, you know, I, I don't know, am I wrong in saying that you want to make uh, LIU the Harvard of Long Island? <laughs> well, I don't know if we call it Harvard, but we certainly want to be in the top 50 universities in the country. And I, I guess our, our most recent accolade of showing that we're getting there is now we're in the top 7% of research universities in the country. And that's really important because for an economic development of a local area, for every million dollars that you get in grants, you create um, 29 jobs. And so that's quite extraordinary when you're partnering. You know, it's not just about the university, it's not just about students that are graduating, but it's also about how are you going to help your community? How are we going to help Long Island and New York and work together? So we're really focused on the research. I think our College of Veterinary Medicine that you mentioned is extraordinary. Um, people told us it would take us seven years or never. And um, we got it approved and the students started within three and a half years. And so next year, we're going to graduate our first class. And we're so proud of that. There are only four in the Northeast, Cornell, University of Pennsylvania, and Tufts and us. So that's, that's pretty good company. So that, that's one thing that has been really extraordinary for us. The other, as you mentioned, the Roosevelt School. And this is um, Tweed Roosevelt, the great grandson of Theodore Roosevelt is the chairman of that school. And we have programs in international relations, public health, criminal justice area. But we also have all these areas that you talked about. You mentioned the Society of the Presidential Descendants. And this is a group of presidential descendants that have gotten together. They were originally working with the White House Historical Society, but they just felt that we were a better fit and could help them. So we've had conferences and students can regularly hear from uh, their favorite president's um, descendant, you know, is it Carter? Is it Ford? Is it Reagan? And so I think that's brought a really interesting perspective. And the other things we're doing as we just announced the Center for the Study of the Presidency, we're going to create a sort of a virtual library for all the presidents from Washington to Hoover, because the presidential libraries were not actually sanctioned by the Congress until after that. So there's so much opportunity in those early years. And we, what we want to do is make it virtual and then also make it open source so that anyone around the country, around the world can um, access these materials and not have to travel or not have to pay. And I think that's really a responsibility of the university is figure out how to put out information. And we also have right now this really interesting Museum of Democracy exhibit on campus. It's um, the Wright family that has 1.4 million pieces of presidential history. And it's extraordinary. I mean, we, we, as you know, we've done the replica of the White House, but then they fed this in there. And so, for example, there's a ballot box from the 1800s of ballots that have not been counted, or there's a pen that was a Lincoln pen. I mean, you know, so it's, it just, it keeps getting better and better because I think as you start to work with people, you find out there's a lot of synergies, you know, for people that care about the same thing. So 
that's been really really great. Another juxtaposition is we have a relationship with Dassault Systems, which is the Boeing of France. They made the you know fighter jets um, you know, in France. They've done a lot with virtual pieces, virtual areas, and they you know they crash test. They don't need to do anymore. They do it virtually. And so they moved in a very interesting way into the um, life sciences. They had a, a designer, a senior designer who did mostly of the virtual work. And he had a daughter that unfortunately her atrium was flipped and the Harvard doctors could not figure out how to operate on it. It was just not going to be a good ending. And so this designer went to their, Dassault and said, I think I can help grow our company and save people. So he developed a living virtual heart with the, the doctors at Harvard. And so maybe she was about 10 then. She just graduated medical school two years ago. So it's wow. a great success story. And it took them in a whole different area. So um, now we're one of only five centers of excellence in the world, the mm. only one in life science. And we're now doing the second, third, fourth, fifth projects along with Baylor University. Um, which is a very prestigious, you know, medical research area. So the heart's done. We're now doing the brain, which could help Alzheimer's. We're going to do the lungs. We're going to do the liver where there's a lot of toxicity. So that's a really extraordinary. And they have actually provided for us the same platform that they use to be able to use for our research and our partners. And it's valued at about $950 million. Oh my. They are, they're, they're an extraordinary company. What a wonderful opportunity to partner and to have that kind of relationship. I think you, I, I can crown you as the queen of building relationships. You know, I came to you with the idea of doing a lobster tank, like, you know, doing something like Shark Tank and you one, two, three, well, we could do this, 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 and we got it done. And we'll hopefully see it done in the fall. But I think really you, there's just something about you that has a can-do attitude that you have been able to excite other people around you to come along on your creative ideas. So what is up your hat this uh, particular summer? Is there anything planned? <laughs> well, we always have uh, new, new plans, right, of things that we're working on. I think, you know, it's not new, but we're really focused on our Rock Nation relationship with um, Jay-Z's company. Um, that has been extraordinary. We partnered with them two years ago. And I will say they're just such a high-quality brand, high-quality in everything they do and how they, how they work. So we have... The Rock Nation School of Music, Sports, and Entertainment. So it has music, music technology, applied music, um, sports and communications, and also um, sports management. And so they have been so committed of developing internships for all these students that come in to make sure they have good experiences. So, for example, if we have a, a speaker coming in, in the past it might have been the assistant director of operations at the NBA. Now we have the commissioner of the NBA coming, or we have the commissioner of the NFL who says, oh, and by the way, I have an internship for somebody at the Super Bowl next year. Um, or you'll have Megan the Stallion walking across campus. And it's, I think it just shows these students that there's the art of the possible and that people care about them. And so, and when we put this together, there's a huge commitment because 25% of this class are Hope Scholars. And those are students who are very bright, but they don't have the capacity to pay for college. And so together we fundraise, we provide some scholarships. They're helping so much in their outreach. And these students will graduate debt-free because they receive full tuition scholarship. 
remarkable. I mean, that to me is a gift of all kinds for the for your lifetime, because I think that's one thing in education is you may lose whatever around you, but nobody could take away your education. Once it's in your brain, it's there, right? And at that level degree, uh, you know, are you seeing that people are wanting that degree now? Are you seeing that there's, you know, because a lot of people are challenged with enrollment. How are you seeing it? Well, we're up about 8% right now over last year. And um, we've been very diligent about how we think about it. The other thing that is very important to us is affordability. And we, we started in 2014 and we made a commitment that we're really not going to increase our tuition more than 2% a year. And it's been very eye-opening to see what happened because as we're doing 2% on 2%, our, I guess, then peers, maybe they're a little different now, but we're doing maybe 3 4 and 5 and 6% on that. So, so universities that were the same as us in 2014 are now anywhere from eight to $16,000 more than us, even, even ones that were behind us. And I mean, I think that you, you just, you can't sustain that over time because students are not going to be able to pay $60,000 for tuition alone. Well, I think you figured it out and you found ways to be able to make school affordable. I love the name Hope Scholarship. Was that coming from Hope or was it a person who was a Hope person? No, it was coming from that everybody, you know, the, the, we are hopeful and we're going to help you get there with Hope. I thought it was a meaningful name to give it for the scholarship plan. But, you know, I know that um, you have rode the, shall we say, the wave of success to extraordinary levels. What would you suggest to young people coming up to be successful in this world? Um, well, I, I think the first is something that, that, you know, you inspire everyone about it is to be authentic and be yourself. You don't have to be the, the model of what you think the job is going to be. You have to be passionate and you have to be true, true and authentic, because if you're not, then you're not going to really be able to execute. I think the other thing I always say is really to be overprepared. If you know that a position has a certain level of education or a certain level of experience, make sure you have at least that amount, maybe more than that education. And on the experience level, I, what for me, I never turned anything down if they asked me to do it. I mean, it was within my job, but then they might say, oh, do you want to do this other project or this other project that was a little bit outside it? And I feel like that's really how I learned everything about the university. So, I mean, you have to be willing to take on a lot. You have to be excited about that. But if, if you're someone that really wants to... Um, ultimately run an organization, I think that's the best way to do it. Well, what great thoughts and great advice. So I think, you know, I feel so precious to have had this time with you as the president of LIU of Long Island University with campuses both in Old Brookville as well as Brooklyn. But you are President Dr. Kim Klein, and thank you for spending this lovely time with me. Thank you so much, Vicki. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Me too. This is Victoria Schnepp signing off. Till next time. Bye.